listening to the Hall About Sports podcast, something that is sparked by passion and built on real sports stories. It covers the latest headlines and updates. It's hosted by the one and only Megan Hall. You are now listening to the best. This is the Hall About Sports podcast. Welcome to episode 11. Uh, I am your host, the one and only Meg Hall. And if you don't know, now you know. Uh, I've got co-host Kev with me. That's what happens when you speak too fast, just going through all those things. And we have three guests with us. So I've got Billy Rossetti, I've got Michael Gartman, and Jeff Risden with us. It's a party tonight, so we're going to try to have a little bit of fun. This is what happens when you add, you know, multiple people to the podcast. I think the last, Kev, I think the last time we did this was like seven people last year, and that was a little chaotic, but it worked. It totally worked. We're approaching the max here. I like it. Yeah, I like it too. All right. So just quick rundown of the show. So we're going to do a quick introduction with everyone. We're going to actually let everyone introduce themselves. Then we'll do the giddy up, which is, hey, how did you get your start? And a couple other questions. We'll do disaster at the draft, which I'll explain what that is. And then we'll do blue light special, which you know that uh, segment very well. It's where guests get to ask us questions and we get to answer open and honestly. So, all right, let's start from the top. So I'm actually going to go, we'll go Billy. We'll go with you first. Tell us who you are. What do you do? How did you get your start? Yeah, so how's everyone doing? It's uh, I'm Billy, Billy Rossetti, uh, managing editor of Jets Wire. Uh, so fortunately, co-worker uh, with Jeff, which is great. Um, been at this for uh, about, been with the Wire company about seven, six, seven-ish years now. Kind of bounced around a couple sites, uh, helped with the Panthers a little bit, the Falcons for a short time. Uh, the Bengals the last couple of years. I've uh, been uh, bouncing around a little bit, have some Panthers experience, used to be with the uh, the Locked On Podcast Network, did that for four years. Uh, so overall, been, been in the football business for probably about 10-ish years now, kind of uh, up and down, but definitely, uh, definitely uh, excited to be covering the Jets here. I uh, just wrapped on my first uh, season, getting ready for my first draft, and Obviously, of course, this week there was a, a little certain uh, news, a li- little bit of news that broke that uh, kind of made things go haywire a little bit. So uh, it's a fun week for sure. I'm definitely excited to uh, to get rolling here with the Jets draft. It's going to be a lot of fun, I think. What is this news that you speak of? It can't be, you know, it can't be that big, right? <laughs> well, they, they recently got in a, a former Packers quarterback. I think he goes by the name of Tim Boyle. <laughs> wait hang on i've heard this one before wait hang on this sounds familiar to me <laughs> i love oh. how you said that with a straight face too like completely stone face is like tim boyle <laughs> i mean listen i mean they they needed a veteran quarterback and they got somebody that knows nathaniel's ha- nathaniel hackett's offense it, it works out great <laughs> <laughs> i see what kind of night it's gonna be I like it. I like it a lot. All right, Mike, tell us where who you are, where you're from. How'd you get your start? Um, so yeah, I'm Michael Gartman. Um got in the sports media game back when I was 15, actually, at Bleach Report. Uh oh, back nice. in those those early days. Um I'll never forget, I think it was like my third article, and the editor said this was a train wreck of editing. And that kind of stuck with me. Um, you know. Kept trying to improve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely blunt. But um, worked my way up, starting my own company when I was 18, Gridiron Grit. Um, had some oh, success yeah. with that. Um, Yar Barker, our partner, kind of switched some things up. So I kind of put sports media on the back burner for a little bit. Um, got into politics for a little bit. And uh, got with Football Alliance a few years ago, um, which – you know, I was very, very thankful for that opportunity. And then um, got with Clutch Points um, about a month ago. So happy to be covering the draft again. Um, happy to have met most of y'all at the uh, Senior Bowl. So, um, yeah, just just love, you know, talking about sports, covering the draft, you know. I want to cry anytime someone mentions Senior Bowl because I totally was supposed to go and then I got sick. Mm. <sighs> Sigh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeff, tell us who you are, where you're from, what do you do? Yeah, I am Jeff Riz, and I am the managing editor for Lions Wire. And recently, I uh, became the co managing editor of Draft Wire, uh, which uh, I worked at with Kurt Popejoy, who runs the Steelers Wire. I've been, uh, this is the 20th NFL draft I've been paid to cover 
Wow. Uh, uh, which is crazy. Most of those were with Real GM, um, which I unfortunately had to give up very recently. Uh, but I was with them from 2004 till February of this year uh, when it took over DraftWire. So I uh, gave, gave a ton of time and content there. Uh, I am... I'm one of those weirdos. I am a Lions fan by choice. I'm originally from Cleveland, uh, and wow. I somehow chose the Browns be, or the Lions because my parents were Browns fans, and they drove me crazy with how much it drove them crazy to be a Browns fan. So I went, "Hey, I can watch the Lions. They're out there. Like, you know, I, I live close enough to Toledo that I could watch Toledo TV when I was a kid. And like Billy Sims, I really like Chris Spielman, and yeah, that, that's working out well for me. Good life choices." Yeah, so. <laughs> I mean, to your credit, though, I've been around Browns fans. I went to a Falcons game last year. It was Falcons-Browns, and they are the loudest traveling fans I think I've ever been around. Like, they were rolling deep at, at the bins. And I was actually highly impressed by the sheer amount of fans that they had compared to Falcons fans, which they're a little fickle. But still, yeah, yeah they were rolling deep. And they were barking and yelling and all kinds oh, yeah. of things. Like, I didn't realize it was a whole full-on, like, Thing. It's a lifestyle, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, were, they were dedicated, truly dedicated. So I, hey, I admire that. Um, yeah. This one I'll throw out to everyone. So if you weren't covering football, what other sport would you cover? Is there any one that's like second in your heart that you're like, I love this? Because, for example, Kev, although we talk about football a lot, Kev is big into basketball as well. So I like to throw this out to my guests. Like, what other sport would you be covering if you weren't covering football? Jeff, I'll start with you because we just talked to you. Uh, so I am a big basketball fan. I have two basketball playing kids. Uh, I'm a huge Cleveland Cavaliers fan. Um, uh, I spent some time in Houston uh, with, when the Rockets were actually good. My son, my son's first NBA basketball game was Yao Ming's last NBA home game. Wow. Uh, uh, so he's still a Rockets fan by extension with that. Um, he plays on the AAU circuit and is getting recruited. So I, I do a lot with basketball, although the sport – that I'm truly passionate about is a sport that I played, which is beach volleyball. Um, and I would love to cover beach volleyball. And it's, I also once upon a time worked at Bleacher Report. And back in that days, they were contemplating covering the 2016 Olympics. And I'm like, I'm your beach volleyball guy, send me. And uh, unfortunately, I didn't last at Bleacher Report long enough to do that. But uh, uh, I would absolutely cover beach volleyball professionally in a heartbeat for the $100 or so a month that you would get from that. <laughs> so I'd like this. This is a common early comment. This is from Drake Wally. He said, Lion, stay away from Anthony Richardson. Been hearing word of that him and Campbell's offense with ARSB. That's a hell of a combo. <laughs> it would be fun. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Mike. So who? what would you be? What other sport would you be covering if you weren't covering football? So for me, football is definitely number one, but um, I do cover the NBA and I'm actually going to be covering NASCAR pretty soon as well. Oh, I like it. Points, I like so. it. So definitely those two sports. Okay. All right. Billy, what you got? It would be college basketball for me. Uh, one of my other passions is uh, doing bracketology. Um, I've been doing bracketology on like on like an amateur level for like 11 12 years now i've been in the bracket matrix pretty much that entire time um had some had some good years obviously there's some that you know you miss a couple like this year for example uh 67 to 68 teams the only miss i think was the team that everybody had in, in the tournament that didn't make it and that was rutgers uh and i didn't have nevada so i, th I think it's safe to say that you know it wasn't that bad of a miss because nearly everybody i know joe lenardi had that uh, but that would be because I, I just love the college game. I just I've, I've always been a big North Carolina fan. Um, so, yeah, obviously this year was uh, <laughs> very tough to watch with UNC. But I think now that uh, they have they got rid of, you know, I, I don't want to speculate, but they seem to have gotten rid of some of the quote unquote dead weight. They look like they should be fine next season. So I, I think uh, UNC should be uh, should be ready to roll again next year. But I'm going to have to get college. some information from you guys here because all the NBA talk I love and also the college basketball because I edit over 
last word on sports. We cover the NBA and college basketball, but I'm more of a draft analysis guy. So, Billy, I may, I implore you, send me some bracketology tips because people are not going to believe that I edit professionally when they see my brackets every year. It's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, obviously this year, I mean, everybody's bracket <laughs> got busted. I mean, I was fortunate that I had Purdue losing in the Sweet 16 – or the second round, excuse me, because I actually had Florida Atlantic – going to the sweet 16 so i was very very fortunate with that um actually cashed in one of my pools for the first time ever so uh, thanks uconn for making that run it was always the owls billy Uh, (laughs) (laughs) you know i will say this i'm not a bracket person by any sort of standards i like i just got into i would probably say this year was probably the deepest i've been into college basketball men or women's um, but I was really glad that I watched because there were some great games, phenomenal games. But I will say this. The only time that I felt so proud of my little bracket was a couple years ago. Uh, it's when Mercer beat Duke. And I was super excited because I went to Mercer for grad school. And I was the only person out of my entire office at the time that picked Mercer just because I was being a homer. And they all laughed at me. They're like, you cannot be serious with this pick. And boom, everybody's bracket was busted. So, you know, felt like a million bucks. So there's my. Did yeah, exactly. That was like that guy did. <laughs> I was gonna say that was that was my story and it was funny because the next day I like walked in and they were like hey how you doing I was like I'm feeling like a million bucks I'm living the dream today all day <laughs> so all right so let's talk about this let's talk about this week so obviously you know there was a little bit of news from the Jets they finally settled down the uh, Aaron Rodgers saga if you will as the world turns uh and that nearly six weeks later Rodgers is now a Jet after being with the Packers for 18 seasons which means the Jets can now focus on the the uh, upcoming draft this Thursday, they can finally turn their eyes towards that as well as the Packers as well. So with that in mind, I figured we'd have a little bit of fun. So this is called disaster at the draft. Now, normally I would ask people like, Hey, who do you want your team to draft? Hey, who do you have in mind at this pick or that pick? But where's the fun in that? So I'm going to ask each of you, Hey, describe the current state of your team as it stands right now. Like what's your, what's your description of your team in a couple sentences? Like, where do you think you are? And then based on that information, what would be the, Oh my gosh, the sky is falling scenario for, you know, for your team. So if it's, if it's Mike and he's talking about the Texans, like Nick Casario would have to do X, Y, Z for it to completely unravel the entire fan base. And for me to stop covering the Texans effectively immediately. So, (laughs) We're going to have fun. And Mike's You've already done time. that. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. All right, Mike, since I picked since I picked on you a little bit, I'm going to have you start. Describe the current state of the Texans in a couple sentences. What have you observed over the last uh, several weeks of the offseason now that you've got a brand new coach and staff aboard? Yeah, so the state of the franchise or the state of the fan base? Because those are two very different answers. Let's do both. Let's go okay. both. So the state of the uh, fan base is in total turmoil. Um, They are panicking. I mean, they're looking at the betting odds, and it's all disaster, as you alluded to. Um, As far as the franchise itself, they've made some good good signings of free agency, got obviously more draft capital than any team in the league, Um, you know, five picks in the top 73. Got a lot of holes to address, you know, need a quarterback, uh, need a running, another running back with Pierce, need probably two wide receivers, um, a star center because last year, I mean, you know, we had film reviews each week, some of the Texans media folks, and, you know, we'd break down, watch and analyze the film together. And watching Scott Quisenberry, our center, was just had blood shooting out of our eyes. Like it was painful to watch. Uh, The D line was not much better. I mean, Jerry Hughes is 36 and he was by far the best defensive lineman Uh, needed a whole new linebackers. But other than that, the team is stacked. That's a pretty good summary of how, uh, how the franchise is right now, but they're cautiously optimistic um, with all the draft capital we've got and a lot of cap space next year. Okay, so you got 12 picks, right? Does mm-hmm. that sound correct? Okay, so you got 12 picks. Let's say that, you know, hey, you're on the clock now. What happens at two for it to be a, like, a disaster from that point on? Uh, Not taking quarterback or taking Will Levis. 
<laughs> why Will Levis? What's what is the deal with Will Levis? I need to hear this directly from you, like from Texans fans. Like, why would they not want Will Levis? Well, I mean, first off, like his tape in twenty twenty one was a lot better than twenty twenty two. He clearly regressed. I know he lost alignment and he lost a receiver, but it it was kind of bad. Um, you know, during the season, I was rooting for him. I was like, you know, this guy could end up playing for the Texans. You know, I want to see him do well. And he did not. Um, on top of that, he didn't help himself with the TikToks. Um, <laughs> I mean, the coffee and the mayonnaise that he kept doing like three or four a, times. And then he tried to walk it back at the combine. Like, no, it was all a joke. It's like, dude, you already confirmed that a couple of times in other interviews. And also, there's no explaining the taking a brown banana with the peeling and just chugging it. Like, um, but yeah, the, the tape regressions. He's a 23-year-old rookie project. Um, and he reminds me a lot of Jake Locker and Blake Bortles. Ooh. So I would stay away. Yeah. Uh. So two things. First thing was uh, Emory Hunt earlier this week. I think he called uh, he called Will Levis Bayou Bortles, and that just uh, oh bluegrass bluegrass, bluegrass. There it goes. That, that just about unraveled me. Um, so that that was his um, his assessment of Will Levis. So um, so this is from a comment in in uh, in the chat, and it says the real question is why the Texans don't want C.J. Stroud. I think that's actually a fair fair question. What do you think that is? So I don't really buy that narrative. I know it's a pretty popular narrative. Um, I mean, the only thing we can really think of is the agent. Because David mm -hmm. Mulligan is his agent. Same agent as uh, Deshaun Watson. And nobody wants to relive that. And not just the off-the-field stuff Watson, but just the trade request in and of itself. But David Mulligan has got a lot of clients that are in the NFL and if you're trying to avoid that now you're going to have to keep trying to avoid that every year because more and more guys he's going to end up being the client for so um, there's a chance there's some validity to it which would resort in disaster um, with the Texans draft but um, assuming, assuming that the Panthers do take Bryce, if the Panthers wind up taking Will Levis, like that random person who just joined Reddit suggested, <laughs> then everything is great. And we're ending up with, with Bryce Young. The Bryce is right. Um, the Bryce is right. Oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> wow. That's a great poll. <laughs> that is a good one. That is a good one. That is a really good one. Kudos to you. <laughs> Get the t-shirt order ready. Yeah, oh, yeah. I was going right? to say, Oh, man. As a game okay. show buff myself, I approve. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Okay, so let's say that let's say that the pick is Will Levis, though. How would the disaster continue after that? So you got a pick at 12. How bad would it have to get at 12 for you to start, like, throwing things at the TV is what I want to know. Oh, I thought I'm already buying a tank at that point, so. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> I guess continuing to reach at 12, um, taking somebody probably with a second round grade at that point. Um, or, or going with a tackle. I saw uh, an insane mock draft from um, Chris Collinsworth over at PFF earlier today. Uh, tweeted out and people were losing their minds. They had, he had Hendon Hooker going to the Chiefs, just to put it into perspective. Um, yeah. Not a typo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He had the Oklahoma tackle Harrison going to the Texans at 12, which is essentially the only positional position where they don't have a need. So, yeah, that would be the way to continue a disastrous draft. Kev, I hope you're taking notes over here, like noted and noted. As Colts fans, like, you know, hey, we've been hearing it from Texans fans um, all offseason. So, yeah, I'm noted and noted. <laughs> going to clip that one for later. Yeah, right? <laughs> all right. So, Billy, tell me, now that you have Aaron Rodgers at the helm, right, all is right, you're going to the playoffs, you're winning the Super Bowl, but you have a dra draft disaster on your hands, what happens in that scenario for it to be a draft disaster? So, I think you have, what, pick 13 now? 
Uh, 15. 15, okay. Yeah, because they did the pick swap. Yep, there you so, go. So New York's at 15 now, which, I mean, you know, whatever. It's two picks. I think that was just kind of like the cherry on top to get this get this deal done. Um, but I think from a fan's perspective, they want an offensive tackle bad in the first round i feel like every mock draft i've done no matter what player it is they're all like it, it's got to be offensive or i could say oh could they go like defensive tackle no no it, it's got to be offensive tackle so i feel like if it's not peter skaronsky paris johnson or broderick jones or maybe even uh, darnell Wright, i i think jets fans are going to start getting the pitchforks ready for, for, for Joe Douglas here, because look, I mean, they, they're obviously getting pieces back on the offensive line. You know, you're, you're getting guys back that were injured last year, but you can't trust Mackay, uh, Mackay Becton to stay healthy. Max Mitchell is a question mark, you know? Yeah. They like Dwayne Brown, but Dwayne Brown's 38 years old. So he, he's got one more year left. So you need a long-term answer there at the tackle position. And so, you know, I, I mean, dropping down two spots, it, yeah, it's maybe a little less of a chance now, you know, maybe some of those, because now you're behind a couple more teams that could potentially take a tackle green Bay at 13, new England at 14. And then even the teams that they were already behind Chicago at nine, uh, Philadelphia, at 10, Tennessee at 11. So it, it's going to, it's going to be really interesting how the board sh shakes out for them. I mean, I think the Jets would be fine if they take someone like Jackson Smith and Jigba in, in the first round with, with uh, 15 there or someone like, you know, Nolan Smith. Um, but yeah, I, I think the fans would probably start to play in a riot if, if it's not a tackle there at 15. So if you took like a tight end at 15, would they unravel? Oh, ab absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> they would Because that's another position too. They're like, well, we have three tight ends. Yeah. But you hardly threw to CJ Uzama and he's getting big money. Um, Tyler Conklin, you know, he was fine, but I expected a little bit more from him and we have no idea what their plans are with Jeremy Rucker. They took him in the third round last year and he just was, the the develop they I guess they're just hoping he develops more. I, I don't know what their plan is with him right now, but I mean Kenny Abo was get, was getting more playing time than, uh, than Jeremy Ruckert here. But yeah, if um I mean listen, I I wouldn't I'd be fine with someone like Darnell uh, Darnell Washington there or one of these top tight ends. I've done some mocks where I've taken a tight end like in the middle rounds, like a Luke Schoonmaker or a Schoonmaker, excuse me, but. Yeah, I think if it's an early tight end, uh, that that might be another position where the Jets fans are going to start uh, rumbling a little bit. Okay, so I like it. I like it a lot. So tight end for, for the Jets just to see the Jets fans unravel. All right, yep. noted, noted. Or All corner. Right. Corner, okay. All right. Because <laughs> they'll be like, we have Sauce Gardner. Why do we need a corner? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, would it be a pair with Sauce? But hey. All right, we'll, we'll take it. Noted, noted. <laughs> All right, Jeff. So for you, your Lions have done really, really well. They had a really nice turnaround season with Dan Campbell. He's got them rocking and rolling. But the sky is falling now with the draft. What does that look like? Like, what happens in this draft for it to unravel the Lions? Uh, I'm going to steal from Michael. Drafting Will Levis would probably be about the worst case scenario for the fan base. <laughs> uh, and, like, he's just not <laughs> – He's not someone that a lot of people would have a lot of confidence in. So most fans have – so Jared Goff was really, really good last year and deserves to be the starting quarterback in 2023. No question about that. But if he's good again, you're going to have to make the choice of paying him $50 million a year or finding a replacement. So there's kind of a schism in the fan base. Like there's a lot of people, and I'm one of them, who wants them to get a quarterback this year. But not Will Levis. And most people would be like a gas. Like you can you can maybe sell CJ Stroud, even though people here in Michigan they they reflexively see an Ohio State quarterback and want to break things. Um, you can maybe sell Anthony Richardson on the, the upside and potential that he offers, but uh Will Levis is that's a tough sales pitch, man. <laughs> that's that's that you just can't do that. 
Um, and I don't think they, they would even consider that. Uh, I will also steal from Billy, though. First-round tight ends in Detroit do not mix. Stop <laughs> doing it. They've taken three of them since 20, 2009 when they took Brandon Pettit drop. I'm sorry, Brandon Pettit grew. Um, then they're in oh, Eric Ebron. I forgot about him. And oh, then no. TJ Hawkinson. Not one of them wow. ever got a second contract in Detroit. That's a colossal waste of draft resources. That's insane. I did, yeah. like I hadn't thought about that until you said it out loud. Holy tight end Batman. Like, yeah. What it's is that? pretty it's, it's pretty like TJ Hawkinson's a good player, and I think he's gonna be good in Minnesota, but he just didn't fit very well in Detroit. Yeah. And like so you've got a head coach who was a Lions tight end, um, parenthetically adding on their winless team. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, so there's a lot of people that are just mortified that they're going to take because tight end, they do actually need one at some point, but like, it's a good class. You can take, you can take Luke Schoonmaker's fantastic later on. Um, I like Payne Durham, who's shined out the senior bowl. Give me him yeah. in the sixth round. And I'm yes. good. Um, I, if you're, if you're taking Luke Musgrave, and, and I think drafting Luke Musgrave before day three is a colossal disaster because He's a injured guy who can't catch and can't really block. Like, just take a big receiver and stuff. It's the same deal. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I could see – so the Lions also have a pick at 18, and I think that taking – oh, t- tight end is more tempting there. Um, and also taking running back, that's sort of taboo. Um, there, there would be some fans that would love Bajon Robinson. But I think I speak for every fan base when I say – we all love Bajon Robinson. We just don't want him on our team because it's not a value pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, it's sad because uh, he's he's probably one of the three best players in this draft. And nobody really wants him. But they kind of do, but not really. It's, it's strange. I mean, he, I think he's going to be gone before 18. So you probably won't have to worry about it. But if you were to draft someone other than Bijan Robinson at 18, like another running back at 18, like that might unravel the fan base. Yes, but yeah, because we already have an uneasy relationship with DeAndre Swift, who's entering his last year, and it would shock the world if he came back after 2023. So they kind of need one, but again, it's a ridiculously good year to need a running back. Why waste, or I wouldn't say waste, why burn a first round pick? Uh oh, did we lose Jeff? I think we did. But you can get a guy that's fans feel that way too. But Will Levis would certainly be the the disaster plan that's uh, setting the world on fire. What would you think about Hinton Hooker at 18? I personally don't hate it uh, because I think he's – I think he's I, – I, I said this on a pod earlier today. Uh, if he were 22 years old and healthy, he'd be a top 10 pick um, almost without any question. Yeah. But he's neither of those. So how comfortable are you living with the fact that he's 25 and probably not going to play as a rookie – that's, that's a pretty big downer. Um, we just came off of Jamison Williams, who was unfortunately in the news for all the wrong reasons this week as well, as a rookie who couldn't play until like three quarters of the way through and missed his summer, uh, and it clearly messed with him. So that that would not go over too well with Lions fans. Like if if you're picking a Tampa Bay at 19, like I don't hate that at all. Uh, I, I think that might actually be a, a solid pick, but it, it would be a tough sell for most of the Lions fan base, in part because of what we just went through. Um, RGM Brad Holmes, by and large, is doing a fantastic job, but he loves drafting hurt guys for value. And there's a oh, lot of people that are tired of that. You know about um, that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Kev. I'm so sorry. Yes, yes, you do. I just have oh, to add man. this real quick, too, on Luke Musgraves. That guy does not like to talk. <laughs> he is as quiet and as wanting to be by himself. I remember talking to him at the combine and he just was not having it. Everyone of course asked him about his injuries and we even tried to ask him about like his snowboarding stuff. He was just, there was at one point the questions like seemed to stop. He thought he was like, okay, are we good? And then a couple more questions kept popping up and then eventually we finally got done. He's like, okay, we're good. And I'm just thinking like, wow, like this guy just does not like talking. Like it was, and, and we t- I talked to him at the senior bowl a, a little bit too. It was like really weird, but yeah, he just was not having it. It, it was weird. Just him why he dropped every pass that had a defender within three feet of him. Because <laughs> <laughs> he did. <laughs> Jeff, so like, he he did not, I would explain the behavior if he did. <laughs> he certainly did not like the injury questions. 
He's a receiving I, only I, tight end that can't catch. I don't get the infatuation. I'm sorry. I really don't. <laughs> you heard it here first. You heard it here first from Jeff. <laughs> All right, Kev, I'm even going to throw this to you. Ooh. What's the disaster scenario for the Colts? All right. Well, I'm going to talk a little bit about what I think a disaster scenario, or at the very least, a very controversial scenario for Colts fans. And it's been mentioned several times here already. But I know that uh, Colts fan base is split. I don't know if it's right down the middle. I just know that there are a lot of loud Will Levis fans on my timeline. Um, and so I will acknowledge some of their points here. I'll acknowledge things such as Will Levis's injury in the last season. You know, that's a big talking point. Hey, look at what happened. Look at the, the reason the running went down was not only because of the injury, but because of a different offensive coordinator. So I see some of those things. I get that. Um Personally, I've said this many a time. I think Levis and Richardson are both projects. So if we're sitting there at four and we have both of them, if if I have to take a project, give me the project with the most upside. So uh, I, I get it. There are things that scare me to death about Richardson, like one in four passes being uncatchable when there's no one near him. Um, but again, upside, we'll, we'll go there. So for me, the biggest nightmare scenario, I think, if I like absolute the sky is falling would be if the Colts took the Bijan Robinson route, right? That's the one, the one thing the Colts do not need would be a running back at four. So we're not going to do that, but let me say a more realistic nightmare scenario that uh, maybe might be more real, uh, more probable uh, would be uh, Ballard trading out of four and not going after any quarterback. I think a lot of people would lose a lot of sleep near Indianapolis if that's what we do. So Meg, what do you think? Oh, that's a good one. So first of all, yeah, my brain might explode if Bijan Robinson gets picked at four. Like, <laughs> I mean, what? it shouldn't happen, right? It's it like it worst doesn't. Case scenario. Like, here's the thing. Like underlying, I'd be like, okay, like sure, let's go. Like, all right, fine. But my analysis had is like, are you serious right now? Like, what is this? Is this really what we were like? Yep, you know, we're just gonna take the best next guy available. Next guy, we had a first round, you know, grade on. Like, that's our guy. I, I, yeah, I, you'd probably see me not say a word because it would remind me a lot of the Philip Dorsett pick from some years ago when we didn't need to take him at all. And he was drafted so incredibly high and then didn't have anything to show for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it gives me those kind of vibes. Um, as far as the scenario you're talking about trading out at four, I've brought that up a couple of times and people have flooded, flooded my mentions, flooded my, my text messages, whatever you want to call it about like no the Colts can't do that absolutely not like they have to take a quarterback it's going to be a quarterback at four and I'm like and I've said it do you know Chris Ballard have you met you Chris really, yeah have you <laughs> met him because more times than not he's traded out of that pick especially if he gets one a good offer or two he doesn't like what he sees on the board he's not going to force a pick he's not going to be pigeonholed to like hey I got to force a pick more importantly, he also said just a couple of weeks ago at the owners meetings, like, hey, everyone talks about, you know, the guys, the top four guys at quarterback, but we've been doing our homework on several guys. And, you know, we're going to get the right one that, you know, fits for us, the one that we think that, you know, could help us win. So therefore, if they don't like the scenario at four, like there's still what eight other picks that they could <laughs> that they could choose from and pick a quarterback. Obviously, it's not the cream of the crop and you want the cream of the crop, but there's some other sleeper guys in here, more particularly Jake Hayner from Senior Bowl. Tore it up, worn MVP. Like, he's been getting a lot of stock in the last uh, last several weeks. Now, obviously, I see Michael's face over there, and he's like, what? Um, but my point being is that you don't necessarily need to, you know, have to force a pick there because, hey, everyone thinks you should take a quarterback. There's, some, there's always some value guys, right? Like, there's always guys that could be great, you know, later in the rounds or whatever else obviously if not everyone's going to be russell wilson or things like that where you know hey you find a dime in the rough but again the colts have options as well so i just try to tell people keep an open mind because the draft is unpredictable we all think it's going to go a certain way and then just like last year we thought all these quarterbacks were going in the first round and only kenny pickett went so and then we didn't start seeing quarterbacks again until like the fourth round so it was wild and everyone kept questioning it like why aren't these teams taking it because the thing is teams evaluate differently than fans do so keep that in mind but that was a really good scenario i like the disaster scenarios from everyone we got lots of nice faces from everyone apparently will levis has you know just put (laughs) bad taste in the mouths of everyone i'm so sorry to you will levis sorry um but on that note that brings us to the last segment of giving us a bad taste in our mouths with the mayo thing so it's okay yeah 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 i'm sorry will (laughs) levis sorry to you sorry to that man 
All right. So blue light special. This is the part of the podcast where you get to ask us questions, things that, you know, you have burning desires and you want to know about. Uh, it's open to anyone who wants to, you know, ask a question and we will happily answer. So I'm going to ask Kev a question. So uh, you're wearing a Miami Heat hat, but you're on a Colts thing. Are you a Closet Pacers fan or do you feel like given up on that? Oh, wait. Here we go. I can get it in frame. There we go. There she is. My Pacers okay. flag. No. So, yeah, a hard, hardcore Pacers fan. Uh, I'm going to slip in just a little shameless plug here. I uh, do a live stream NBA show Thursday nights, The Bounce, where I am uh, loud and proud about my uh, Pacers obsession. Uh, but, no, I also am a collector of sports memorabilia, so I just love to have – I have all kinds of hats. Okay. But uh, it's cool. also it's kind of a good time to ha- just happen to have a Miami Heat hat in your closet. It's a good time to pull it out if you have yeah, it. N- not bad timing at all. Uh, <laughs> so I will throw this at you. I lived in central Indiana back in the mid-1980s, and I have a Steve Stepanovich growth chart. Um, do you think that's worth anything these days? <laughs> There's, it's got to be in the right, like in the right circle. I, I think so. I feel like I'm still holding on to my uh, autographed Damon Bailey uh, autobiography. I'm, I'm waiting to talk that off. God, he was a deity when I was there. When I was in middle school at that time, he was like, he, he was like Steve Alford Part Two. It was, it was wonderful. Yep. Good memories. Thank you for that. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> All right. What else you got? What other questions do you have? Well, so what kind of hot food takes do you have? I, I assume there's no mayonnaise and coffee situation. It's not. It's definitely not. Um, I'll give you ones that I like. I regularly get like faces about. Um, so I think Doritos and Oreos are overrated. I'm uh, with you. Yes. Like together right, hey. or each on no, their own. No, not just on their own. <laughs> <laughs> Completely overrated snack. Uh, I don't think <laughs> No, just I, I feel like, you know, growing up as a kid, that was like the go-to snack because like that was like what was available, right? And so it was always Doritos, it was Aro, always Oreos, and I just never saw the like the hype in them. Like I just it was never a thing for me. Like I just didn't. And Oreos, I hated the way that they like crumbled and they made my teeth feel so i just was like nope can't can't do it um and so i've never really eaten them as an adult like unless like they are the last food on earth and yeah and i just absolutely have to eat something sure but yeah that's, that's probably that and like bananas i can't do the texture on bananas unless it's in like a smoothie that's that's about it, it. does help to peel them though if you if you haven't tried that uh, like uh... i've peeled them and still hate them <laughs> okay fair just wanted to make sure because seen a lot of interesting stuff on the internet lately i i will say meg for what it's worth uh doritos helped a young kev salvage many a boring turkey sandwich on some uh white bread you know you put some nacho cheesier doritos in there you get a little crunch to it uh so for me i do like some doritos but here's one i i am absolutely a pineapple belongs on pizza guy and i know that's a pretty divisive uh topic there so where do we all sit with pineapple on pizza i mean what's the what's the other toppings on the pizza is it just pineapple and like cheese like i don't mind pineapple pineapple pepperoni but yeah a lot of people will do with a like bacon or ham but i don't i don't like ham or bacon that much hey it was supposed to be a hot take, right? I didn't say I like ranch dressing, you know. Pineapple and pepperoni, Kev. That's uh that, that that's gonna be a no for me, Kev. Sorry, bro. Yeah, it's a lot of it does require require a few tums afterwards, I must, I must admit. <laughs> I was just thinking that I was like, your stomach has to be in shambles after that. Complete shambles. Yeah, yeah. You're oh my gosh. Don't worry, Mike. I will. I'll go back to my Go back to my planet with pineapple pizza, he says. Oh, I see. I see his uh, he says, Kev, go back to your planet with pineapple. See, I knew pizza. it was, I knew this one's a people are split on this, and there's me and then everybody else who uh has normal you know, pizza. I'm shocked that you're not higher on Will Levis considering how controversial your food picks are. I'm, I'm just, I'm shocked. He almost won me over. I thought the coffee thing was bold with the mayonnaise. It was like, hey, I get it. You're, you're trying to stick out. I get it, but then it's provocative gets the people mm-hmm. going exactly. <laughs> exactly no one knows what it means yeah (laughs) oh my goodness any other questions for us billy you got any 
I know you mentioned uh, trying to get to the Senior Bowl. Is your plan right now to be there next year and meet all us crazy cats down at Veets? <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. I was, I was, y'all. I was trying so hard, so I got sick from my children. Uh, you know, oh, they okay. said have kids. They said it'll be fun. They said, um, and so my my oldest got the flu and then gave it to three out of four of us in the house, including myself. And I was trying so hard to like, you know, get myself together, like fluids and and plenty of rest and medicine around the clock, that sort of thing. So I could still like go. And I just, I mean, I looked horrific. Um, so here I was like held up on my couch uh, <laughs> with my laptop and my notes and everything else watching the senior bowl. So that's, that's how I viewed it. So I was like, okay, absolutely not. Like you're going next year. I had got my husband on board. Like I was down to go, down to go. And I couldn't. So, yeah, definitely going next year. The, the goal is to go to that and the draft, uh, which will be really, really great. Isn't the draft in Detroit next year? Is that It'll right? be in yeah. Detroit in 2024. Okay, so yep. party at Jeff's Ooh, house. Um, you know. <laughs> it's just up the road. Yeah. A few hours. I, so I, I actually live on the other side of Michigan. I live, um, if you're from Indianapolis, I live right off of US 31, about three hours dead north of you. Okay. <laughs> so okay. I, I, it, I actually can – if traffic in Michigan and our roads suck, um, although they are getting better, um, I can sometimes make it to where the Pacer or the uh, well, the Pacers training centers definitely have because it's up on the north side. I can make it to Colts training camp as fast as I can make it to Lions training camp some days. Noted, so. noted, <laughs> noted. Nice. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm trying meeting Indy someday too. Then. Yeah, absolutely. I'm down there. I'm down there a ton with with my kids in basketball and volleyball. So. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I do have one last to... question. Uh, Go to karaoke song. Oh, oh, that's a good one. Mm. I might have to. Think. I have a bunch from my time in Nashville now. Go for it. What's your, what's your go to? Uh, let's. Well, I think the first one I did was uh, "Beer Never Broke My Heart" uh, by Luke Combs. <laughs> okay. I did some uh, "Roller Coaster" by Luke Bryan. I did uh, "Let Me See a Girl" by Cole Swindell. Um, obviously, yes, I'm a, I'm a big, uh, country music fan. I think, uh, I think some of you guys <laughs> know, know that by now, if you follow yeah. my Twitter, you will see the, uh, 8,000 concerts that I go to now, uh, <laughs> every year. Um, yeah, I went to Nashville for the first time last year, went to the, uh, karaoke bar. That's like right underneath, uh, Jason Aldean's bar and, uh, went up there a couple times on, on the, on the stage and had a good time. So yeah, Luke Combs, Luke Bryan, Cole Swindell. Oh yeah. I, I did a little Brett Young too. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. I like it. See for me, there's a, there's a bit of strategy involved. So I, I like you. to choose songs that I know I'm going to be able to hit all the notes. So for me, Big Hootie and the Blowfish guy when it's time to do some karaoke because I can just kind of talk into the microphone. You know, you and me, you know, kind of like that. It's not, not a lot of effort. Not a lot of effort. That's so, great. <laughs> now, if, That's I, if, I'm having, if I'm having a little bit of fun, you know, there's a certain, this is a child-friendly show, so walk with me here. There's a certain juvenile song that might ask you to, you know, back some things up that I used to love to do back in my heyday. So. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Thank you, Kim. Thank you. That was great. That was great. All right. Um, so I was, if you saw me over here, I was looking through my phone because I was like, there has to be a couple songs. So I'm a big nineties R and B fan, but I'm also a big nineties, like pop fan. So I'm, I'm, I'm stuck between a couple. Um, if you were probably going to throw in any like NSYNC or Backstreet Boys, like I'm probably your girl because I I can, I can, yeah, I can hang with those. Um, but I'm probably going to go can we talk by Tevin Campbell because that is my favorite R and B song, and I can sing that at the top of my lungs with no problem. Um, when Billy made, he said a bunch of country songs. There's one that I like. I know like back and forth, and uh, it's "You" by Chris Young, and I love that. Uh, it's a really good one. He's got a nice little like smoky husky voice, so that's my one little country song that I can I can sing from. I love a lot of country, but that's the one I can sing from front to back with no like no issues. Um, yeah, but don't count on me Chris for anything else. 
I like the Tevin Campbell pull. I, I I haven't thought about that song in forever. That's a good tune. I like that. It's it's good. It's really good. You'd be surprised. I listened to '90s R&B like it came out yesterday. Um, so if there's a lot of stuff that comes out recently, and I'm like, who is this? What what do they do? Um, and I feel I feel my age is starting to creep up there just a little bit, where I have to like text my younger brother. And I'm like, hey, who's this? Tell me tell me what they do. What do they say? <laughs> because I you know a lot of this stuff I just I just don't know. It's not, it's not, you know, it's not up my own. So, all right. Any other questions before we close it out? Speak now, forever hold your peace. I would say also too, kind of on the senior bowl, I think some of us have like our own stories from either Mobile or Vita. I know I certainly do. (laughs) Mike's been quiet. So Mike, let's hear it. Let's have you close us out with a story (laughs) from senior bowl. Oh my God. Um, well, so some of the people I worked with had to leave early um, for family thing. So that last day of at the Senior Bowl, you know, there, there were a couple of events, but I was kind of able to just kind of do whatever I wanted. So I was like, okay, I don't know anyone here now because Emory had already left. Um, I think Jeff had already left. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, um, I just heard about a concert for um, – shoot who was it um nelly nelly yeah like yeah that's right concert i was like friday night show screw it i'll go to that and i had fun um on my way out i run into what i thought was a couple uh and you know we're just chopping it up right as we're leaving and i end up bar hopping going to like six different bars one was a karaoke bar same (laughs) couple songs there um and at the end of the night I realized they weren't a couple. They were just friends like who knew each other for like 20 years and they would just reconnect. And I was like, what, what, what? But yeah, had a, had an insane uh, <laughs> night. There's some more crazy stuff to that story, but yeah, I could tell. Yeah. The senior bowl was definitely, Saving that for Patreon, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. If y'all oh can gosh. see that. Oh no. What oh, is that? Oh. Oh, oh! This yeah. was uh. So we were out one night at Veets and um, just having a good time, and buddy of mine is buying beers for us and just kind of give them out, and um, I just somehow get all these beers, and you know, I I'm not a big a huge drinker, so I'm like struggling to kind of keep up. And I swear on my life, I was laughing at a joke when that happened. I just happened to be hunched over and somebody took that photo at the exact perfect moment. So it probably looks like I'm just either drunk as a skunk or whatever. I swear I was, I was laughing at a joke. But uh, there, there was that. And there was also when I thought uh, Raleigh McKenzie was Reggie McKenzie. First year I went to, uh, to I remember that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my my first year, and this was when we were still able to go like to the second floor of the Renaissance Hotel. They've since blocked it off uh because yeah. of COVID. That's pr- you know, pretty much only like players and agents and all that can go up there. But we used to all be able to go up there and just sit and chill and whatever. And I remember talking to this guy, chatting it up, and then I kind of let it slip, like you know, thinking it was Reggie McKenzie. And it turned out, nope, it was his twin brother, Raleigh. And it's like, well, what a great start to my senior bowl experience. (laughs) So you just had all kinds of fun that you will not talk about from here on out. I get it. I get it. I totally do. Mobile changes you. Mobile. uh, (laughs) You you haven't lived until you've spent senior bowl week in Mobile, for sure. Noted. Noted. All right. On that note, we will uh, close out the podcast, but I'd like to give my guests a, ta- a chance to say where they are, where you can be found on the internets. So, uh, Billy, I'll start with you. Where can people find you on the socials? Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. This is a lot of fun. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Billy underscore Rossetti. So it's just, you know, my name with the underscore in between. Uh, like I said, I cover Jets Wire. Um, so, pretty much a lot of my works there uh during college basketball season like i said i do some uh some bracketology work on kind of my own uh side blog uh other than that you can either uh you'll pretty much find me tweeting either about sports or as i said my 
uh, billion country concerts that I'll be going to again th this summer. So uh, if you enjoy country music, you'll probably uh, like some of my stuff too. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, all right, Jeff, tell the people where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me. Uh, actually, I think my Twitter handle is on here at Jeff Risden, um, spelled just as you see it. Uh, you can find my stuff at DraftWire, um, where I am insanely busy, and I actually appreciate this diversion from keeping me from going crazy and working all the time. Uh, Lions <laughs> Wire, where I cover the Lions. Um, I also, uh, if you're ever in the Grand Rapids market, I'm on the radio a lot. I'm a fill-in host for the, the afternoon drive time at 96 one the game, uh, and I will be on there tomorrow, actually. Uh, but, and you can also find stuff. Actually, I don't write anywhere else anymore. I took off some of my, my hats uh, for a while for a while, I was earning, I was getting like five different W-2s every year, and that got old. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you, you can always find me there. And uh, um, I am also a music aficionado. I tend to lead a little heavier than Billy, though. Um, my my go-to karaoke song is "Sweating Bullets" by Megadeth. That sort of tells you where I'm at. Wow. So, okay. All right. Uh, but I do post a lot of music and stuff too. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right, Mike. Where can people find you? Yeah, you can follow me. Uh, it's on the screen at underscore Michael Gartman. Um, you can find my articles at clutchpoints.com. Also uh, co-host of the H-Down Rundown with AD and Chris and some of y'all know from the Twitter spaces. So um, it's a great show, though. I'm, I'm happy we're able to get Rick connected here. Yeah, it only took like eight weeks, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kev, where can people find you? All right. You can find me on Twitter at Kev Nevik underscore. You can read my basketball writings over on the last word on sports. And you can hear me talk uh, pretty much all the time on the bite size sports networks. We have NFL, NBA, fantasy podcasts, all kinds of stuff. So see me there. Or be square. I was waiting for yeah, that. Well, I was waiting for that part. I need to write some of these down. I didn't have a good one this time. It's all right. <laughs> that was come good. back that to was... me. Come back to me. We'll do it again. We'll we'll do okay. it live. We'll, right. we'll edit it and post. Okay, cool. Cool. All right. You can find me on Twitter. It's at the Megan Hall. Same thing on Instagram. Uh, you can find me on uh, YouTube, of course. It's Hall About Sports. You'll just search that. Uh, on TikTok, it's uh, Hall About Sports Pod. A little bit different. A little switch up. Uh, but otherwise, you can go head over and find some more of your content on hollaboutsports.com. It's a brand new website launched underneath my brand. Uh, it's all my passion projects. It's places where I rant outside of the podcast, uh, but in a more organized fashion. So, you know, go easy on me. Uh, these are the thoughts that are in my head and that I, hey, I want to get out. Uh, we got a brand new article up about Aaron Rodgers. So, hey, Billy, you might want to go read that one. Um, and yeah, you might want to brace yourself when you read it. Um, but... <laughs> Hey, I said it was my thoughts. It was my thoughts. Was, you know, don't make faces at me. Everyone, hey, I'm, I'm neutral here. <laughs> Listen, but everybody yes. thinks I'm a Jets fan and I'm not, so it's cool. Oh, oh, see, then we gotta talk. We didn't even talk about smart. That. That's smart. smart guy, yeah. smart guy. We didn't even talk about that. We'll have to save that for another podcast. But yes, head over to hallaboutsports.com for your latest content from me. This is the Hall About Sports podcast you've been listening to, where the sports are real, the sounds of the game are real, and of course, the stories are real too. We'll catch you next episode. For more of your favorite sports stories, head over to hallaboutsports.com.